Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. I'm really excited for today's conversation because it's not going to be a pretty one. It's not going to be a fun one. It's going to hit all the pain points, maybe bring up some tears, but I am honored to be welcoming my guest, student, mentee, um, and just an amazing healer herself, Lori. Welcome. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be on here with you. And I'm excited for this conversation. So excited. And like, this has been on my mind for a while. And we were in a session recently, and you mentioned wanting to be on more podcasts. I'm like, yes, it's happening right now, because the conversation today is about your work. So for anyone listening, if you don't know who Lori is, Lori Latimer, she is just a beautiful, beautiful soul working with bereaved moms and beyond that, like grief and the whole thing. And her work is just, it's, it's the scorpionic stuff. It's the deep stuff. So Lori, tell us, tell us your story. How did you get here? (laughs) I'll make it real short because like every story, you know, you could go on and on, but um, let's get to the highlights of it. So I have, I had two, two sons. Um, and I've been a paralegal in family law for over 30 years. And in 2008, I went through a divorce and I realized, and it was not my first divorce. And I realized that I was the common denominator in my failed relationships and marriages. And so I, I thought, well, I don't want to keep repeating this. So I need to do some deep work and look and see what it is about me that is attracting these relationships. And I started on a self-development journey, which turned into a spiritual development journey. And then my mom passed away very suddenly in 2014. And then I started studying the afterlife. And, you know, you never know where life's going to lead you. And I just intuitively stopped eating sugar, just cold turkey, cut sugar out of my life, started eating whole foods. Um, I never did drink much alcohol, but I stopped drinking almost all alcohol, really cleaned up my life. And I had a really good foundation in my life. I loved my life between 2008 and the end of 2018. I was traveling. I went to Europe doing things I'd always wanted to do. And now my children were grown and gone. I had grandchildren and I could do what I wanted to do. And I needed to find me. And then in January of 2019, I got as they say, that call no parent ever wants to get. And my 29-year-old son, Greg, had, I say, left this life. I don't like the word die because I don't think we die. We just move from our physical body back to spirit. Mm -hmm. It was completely unexpected. I saw him the day before. He was fine. And so this came out of nowhere. And I remember thinking so many times in the days and weeks and months after that, this doesn't happen to me. This doesn't happen in my family. So I had no, no roadmap, no nothing because we hadn't experienced any great tragedy. And then my work shifted. I had started a business before that helping women who were overwhelmed, burned out and exhausted, basically successful career women. And in the aftermath of Greg leaving this life, I realized that everything I had done and created was really preparing me for that experience. And my work shifted 
to bereaved moms, and then also women healing from trauma and loss of any kind, which I happen to believe is all of us, because we, whether it's from this life or a past life or ancestral, we are all carrying so much grief, trauma, loss, and karma that needs to be released. And somehow I found you and you have helped me navigate that with a grace and beauty that I never, ever, and understanding and new awareness that I didn't know was possible. And it's been my honor to just be on this ride with you for a while now. Yeah. So, okay. Thank like, thank you for sharing that. And anyone listening, I mean, I don't know how many of you have had that moment where you lose someone personally. I haven't had that moment where you lose someone unexpectedly, right? It's always been, um, grandparents is even the unexpected grandparents. Like when my Opa passed, you know, we didn't expect it. It was a surprise, but he was still, he was 80, I believe five at the time. So it was like, okay. Um, my, my Oma, it was cancer. You know, we, we waited years for that to happen. And I know so many of my loved ones that have happened, had those unexpected, especially young losses. Now I will say I had two of my best friends from high school. Now I had separated. We hadn't talked in years, but still the love was there. They were best friends from high school. Um, one just went in her sleep. There was no answer as to what happened when we were I think 26, 25, 26. That was quite shocking. Um, and then one took her own life. And, but other than that, I haven't had too much of that, like personal, like those people that, you know, it's never been my spouse or my mom or those, those people that are in your life 24 seven, your, your, you know, core group. I've I've not had that experience, but I know people listening have and how much of an earthquake that moment is. Cause like you said, you like, you think this, this doesn't happen to me. This only happens in the movies or to other other people. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that you mentioned that because every person I know that's experienced that quick, shocking loss has had that same moment where you're like, this, this doesn't happen to me. So, okay. And navigating your work now, because you're working with people that are going through what I would say is like the hardest things of life. Honestly, it's the hardest thing of life. There's a lot of hard things, but losing someone like your son is probably one of the hardest things to do in this life. So how did you navigate, like, was it the tools you had begin to build yourself up with that had helped you navigate that to get you where you are? Because you're doing things very different than other people. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And again, what I said before about having that foundation and never knowing what life is going to bring you, I had that foundation to fall on and then to rise from. And so because I had cleaned up so many areas of my life and because I had started studying the afterlife, I had an instant connection with Greg the very day that he left. I remember standing in my older son's kitchen later that day and I had a an annual beach trip to Destin, Florida planned for like 10 days later. And I remember saying, I can't go on that trip. And I remember hearing Greg's voice say, mom, you love the beach. You have to go. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'll go. And I did. It was hard, but I did. And because of that, because of my instant connection with him, I think it allowed me to 
oh, it's so hard to describe, to put into words, into, you know, human language. <laughs> but it's like, and I said this that day too, on the one hand, the human mom in me is shattered. The soul part of me knows that I said, I said that day, I said, I know three things for sure. He is okay. And I will see him again. And my soul knows what's going on, even if the human part, part of me is shattered. And having that, that deep knowing, to me, it goes beyond belief. Yeah. It's just this inner knowing without any reservation. Because after my mom died, and I love what you said about, yes, my mom was 90. And even though it was unexpected, she was supposed to, quote unquote, yeah. go before me. My mm -hmm. child was not. But because there was a lot left unsaid between my mom and me, that's why I started studying the afterlife. I had, I don't remember, maybe four mediumship readings between the time she passed away and the time Greg passed away. And things had come through that no one could have known between my mom and me. So again, I had that knowing that she still exists in a place that I can't see. And that helped me a lot too. But here's what I tell my clients and the women that I work with and share on my podcast is that even though for whatever reason, my soul knew ahead of time and prepared me by having me create this foundation, you start where you are. Just because I had that doesn't mean that somebody else cannot create that foundation from wherever they are and rebuild a life filled with some kind of meaning. It's not going to be what it was before. My life will never be what it was before January 6th of 2019 ever, no matter what I do, but it can be filled with meaning. And for me, it's about living my life in a way that honors Greg's life and legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's actually talk about that because uh, for anyone listening, Lori has studied with me through karmic astrology, uh, probably because of this whole thing, right, where we can look at these connections and understand um, so much deeper than what's on the surface, right? We can look at our charts and make these little connections. So let's talk about something we've talked about a lot, which is, you know, these soul contracts and how it can assist in grief and bereavement and all that stuff when we can make the connections between those soul contracts here on earth. Cause I know a lot of people are going to resist this conversation and I honor anyone who's listening and is saying, no, we're not going to say all things happen for a reason. Yeah. A lot of people are like, they just won't go there. Um, and you know, sometimes they don't, but today we're going to touch on sometimes they are, and we do make soul contracts. So can you speak to everything you've uncovered and then what you teach, what you share about those soul contracts and how sometimes loss is, you know, faded. It is part of our, our reason we come in to do life this way. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. I learned the concept of soul contracts again after my mom passed away. And so I was familiar with that. Looking at that from the perspective of a bereaved mom is a whole different animal. Yeah. And going along with what I said just a minute ago about the three things I knew for sure about that my soul understood from a perspective that my, my human self couldn't that day, what I believed was that one of two things, either my soul 
wanted to have the experience of losing a child before me and Greg's soul agreed to be that child or Greg's soul, for whatever reason, chose to be chose to have a short life. And my soul agreed to be the mom in this lifetime for him for that. And I I'll say before I go further that I often I joke and I say joke in quotes because when I get back to spirit, I'll know the reason. But I joke that when I go back to spirit, I'm going to have a nice little chat with my soul and ask what in the hell it was thinking (laughs) because this is not fun. But again, when I get back to spirit, I'll know. So it won't matter. Mm -hmm. I didn't know which of those two possibilities was the contract between Greg and me. And that's something I really wanted. It was really, it was important to me to try to figure it out. Um, Yes, from a logical human perspective, but also going forward in my life in a way that I could then help and serve others. And so I don't remember if it was in a reading I had with you or in one of our mentorship calls. You were looking at something in my chart and Greg's chart. And I don't, for the life of me, remember what it was, but you found something that showed that my soul, God bless it, wanted (laughs) to experience the loss of a child in this life and then continue on after that and Greg's soul agreed to be that child Mm -hmm. and what came to me about that is that you know a mother will gladly sacrifice her life for her child gladly and my child chose to sacrifice his life for my soul and that is something that, A, I would, I would still gladly sacrifice my life for his, if he, but we know you can't undo what's done. That is something that has brought a lot of guilt with it, that realization, guilt on the human level. And that's something that I've done a lot of work around, but it still comes up because the enormity of that is just so deep and so profound. And I know that a lot of moms deal with guilt. A lot of bereaved moms deal with guilt for a multitude of reasons. Why didn't I know? Why couldn't I, you know, our one job is to protect our child, regardless of how old they were. Greg was 29. He hadn't lived at home in 10 years. But I still felt a sense of guilt that I couldn't have done something to prevent what happened. But knowing that his soul and mine agreed to this and his soul agreed to have a short life so that mine could continue on, it inspires me to live a life that helps and serves others that I don't know. And I don't know that I will ever know exactly what the purpose of all of this is, what the soul lesson was, what the full expression of it is, but I believe that I have lost a child in previous lives and I did not see it through. I did not live whatever it was my soul wanted to experience. I believe that all of those, I brought all of that learning with me into this life. And because I have the awarenesses I have now, I feel like it's part of my sacred contract. It's my soul's sacred work here to Again, just take these steps in faith, not knowing where they're going to lead, but following the breadcrumbs of my intuition, enhancing my psychic and intuitive abilities, my healing abilities to help other people and to complete what my soul came here to complete. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that 
in some aspect, it's also helping heal my lineage in a way that I don't know that I'll ever understand. And I'm okay with that. But I often feel when I'm, when I'm working with my clients, when I'm doing my work with you, I feel all my ancestors around me. Mm. It's like they're my, my spiritual cheer team, cheerleading team. And so I'm doing the work that they set the foundation for. They did, they all did their parts, but I feel like I'm now here to heal things in my lineage that have been building up to this. Wow. Yeah. I can agree with that one. And, and I feel that too, when I'm doing my work is like, I have this, like just this energy around me of. I don't, you know, it's some of them recent. There's a couple of them that I'm like, I know my great grandma's with me. I know my oma's with me. Um, maybe my opa, he likes to pop in and out of my dreams and just say weird things to me because that's his energy. But there's so many of them that I know I don't know, but they're there because they're like, liberate us, like liberate us through your work and get us out of this muck that has been built for like the amount of trauma that's in my bloodline. So I love that you say that. And I also think it's really powerful and hard to own and look at a soul contract the way you are in saying like, Greg offered himself so that you could change and grow. And I remember looking at your chart and again, this is so long ago that I don't remember the exact points or anything either. Um, I'm sure if we like dove into it, we could find them again, but there was something where I remember talking to you about like the energy in the past of you, you possibly staying stuck in the, the trauma or, or not growing out of the trauma. I remember us talking about um, how there was a possibility where with, when the loss happened, when the pain happened, you stayed there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, I don't remember those points. I'm sure we could find them again, but I remember that ownership you took where you were like, yeah, in this life, like we're not doing that anymore and how much you've grown out of the process of the grief, like everything you found and Greg has guided you to, like, we talk about this all the time for anyone listening, like Lori is so tapped in to her angel in the sky. He's just guiding her all the time. So, okay. Can you speak to like, this is kind of a fun tether to go on, um, like listening to the messages from our loved ones in the beyond. Yes. And it's interesting because a thought popped into my mind as you were speaking that goes directly to this point that I think will help people who don't have the experiences and the foundation that I had when Greg left this life. So my mom, like I said, she was 90 and she fell and broke her hip. And I stayed in the hospital with her every single night for the week between the day she fell and the day she left this life. And that first night in the hospital, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I felt like the room was filled with people. I had never connected with spirit myself before. And I thought, and this is the part that I think is really important for people to understand, because I thought that you had to have some special gift to do that mm -hmm. and that I didn't have that. And so I would never be able to do that. And I didn't realize that night that those were my ancestors in that room gathering to prepare for my mom's transition. Like I say, that was on a Sunday night. She passed away early Saturday morning wow. with 
Greg and my older son, Steve, and me around her bedside. It was tragic and beautiful all at the same time. And so I started on this path, this um, studying the afterlife. And again, for a long time, I didn't think that I could connect to spirit, to spirits who had crossed over. And the day after Greg passed away, I was driving in my car back to my older son's house. And even though Greg was 29, whenever he and I would go somewhere, I drove. I, I just, I was the mom, I drove. <laughs> and I was bawling my eyes out, of course. This is like 27 hours later. And saying, why, why did you, I mean, I can remember just, I mean, it's as if I'm in that car again right now. Just, you know, why, why did you leave? Why did you leave? And I swear to God, I turned my head because I heard his voice as if he was sitting in the seat next to me saying, you know why, mom? because it was my time. And this is what we agreed to. And how I didn't have an accident on this little tiny two lane country road, I will well, because he was guiding me. Mm -hmm. But it's those kind of messages and talking to him, constantly talking to him, like what I just explained, what I just described, even though I was bawling my eyes out and asking, you know, why, which is of course the wrong question, but 27 hours after you you learn that your child is gone. Yeah. That's the only thing on your mind. Exactly. You get a pass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so just constantly developing my, my intuition, my psychic abilities again, which I, because I come from the legal world, it's all left brain logic. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think I was creative. I didn't think I was psychic or intuitive. I've learned that we all are it, but it's like a muscle. It's like, okay, I can't speak Portuguese, but if I wanted to go to Portugal, I could learn, but I would have to study it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with astrology and following the breadcrumbs. And again, I don't know how I was led to you, but the part about karmic astrology is what drew me to you. Also, interesting is that your birthday and Greg's are a day apart. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, you know, there's some kind of a con and I believe Greg connected me to you for the learning, for the insights, for the wisdom that I was seeking. And so whatever you're curious about, whatever comes across your path that you think, what is that? explore it, whether it's listen to a podcast or go on YouTube and find a free video or buy a book, take a whatever it is, follow it, see if it's something you really want to pursue or not, because you never know where it might lead. And what, again, what, I mean, what insights you might have and that awareness and the answer to that question. And I know we don't always get the answers that we're looking for, but the answer that I did get that it was my soul that wanted this. And if my child agreed to have a short life so that my soul could do and experience whatever it was that it wanted to experience, then it's incumbent on me to mm. see that through. Yeah. Because I don't want to do this again this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I love that about, you know, your grief process is that, and you get to teach this to the world. And that's what I love about your work and your grief process is that instead of, and this is not easy, let me preface, instead of going in inward, so deeply inward that you stop living, you've decided to use such a deep loss to actually expand, which is your 
your astrology, um, to expand and, uh, to live more almost you're learning to live more because of the loss rather than the traditional um way we're not even taught because nobody teaches about grief really but the way that we experience grief when we go inward we go into hermit mode and we stop living stop taking care of ourselves we stop doing everything we need to do in in order to keep living but the way you look at it is what a dishonor it would be to greg's spirit to stop living. Yeah. And that's yeah. so powerful because, you know, and this may not be, this may not sit well with a hundred percent of the people listening, but I truly do believe we choose these things and we go up, we're in there in the ether with our people. And we're like, Hey, we're going to go down. And like, we're going to, this is what's going to happen. And it's going to suck and it's going to hurt, but like, it's for both of our growth. And I'm agreeing to this. And I truly do believe that personally, that's my belief system. And when we experience loss, I know that's hard to wrap your head around because we've just lost someone we love. But if we can look at it as, okay, how am I growing from this? And even, you know, what did their soul get from this too, right? You know, they, they're sorting out their karma too. And I just think that's a really potent, powerful way we can look at grief um, without becoming, I guess, victim is the right word, but also a pain forward at the same time. Absolutely. I love what you said. And I mean, it's a choice. It's a choice that you have to make, that you get to make on a human level and a soul level. And yes, there are times where I am sitting on my sofa, bawling my eyes out, not going to lie. And I'm okay with that because we have to release the emotions. Mm-hmm. But here's something else. I was always very shy and very quiet. I would always just like, I thought I faded into the wall and nobody ever noticed me. For me to speak up like I do, to have a podcast, to do the things that I'm doing takes courage. However, for me, it's like, what do I have to lose? What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, because it's already happened. Very exactly. <laughs> so bring it on. If somebody wants to challenge me, if somebody wants to criticize me, I'm okay with that because I would rather take all the chances that I can take with whatever time I have left on this planet. I don't know how long that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Then to and it's so funny because after my divorce in 2008, I remember saying so often to people. I don't want to get to the end of my life with any regrets over the things I didn't do. Yeah. And that's why I started. I mean, I went to Europe by myself. I had never even been to Europe and I went by myself. (laughs) Huge. Exactly. But that's the Sagittarius in me, right? The Mm -hmm. love to explore. So (laughs) I'm I'm all over that. But at this point, after, and I did take the entire year of 2019 to grieve and to just, I mean, I should. I I showed up for my paralegal work, but I shut down in so many ways um, from external things because I needed to. But I was in a certification course that was about soul work. Mm -hmm. I had signed up for that two weeks before Greg went to spirit. Wow. And again, it's one of those things that I had no idea what it was going to end up doing for me. It lasted 11 months. Oh my goodness. I showed up every single week to the live calls and we had to do 
um, partner work, 40 sessions of partner work. Wow. And I swear that helped me heal so much because I could work through the trauma. I could work through the grief, through whatever emotions were coming up. And so again, whatever you're curious about, whatever you're interested in, follow the thread, follow the thread, because it might lead to opening a portal of light that you don't feel is that, that you don't believe exists anymore. Something really potent there just triggered a thought in my head that you were technically forced into a healing process because you signed up for it before this happened and all your Capricorn energy was like, well, I guess I'm showing up because you would never not show up. That's just who you are. But it made me think about how, when I got in my car accident in 2020, I, my whiplash didn't hit in for about a month, but I didn't go for any treatments because I said it was fine right away. I was like, I'm fine. I don't feel anything. I'm okay. Um, it wasn't a terrible accident. You know, it was just a, like a bit of a spin out. And then we crashed into a wall the, the Jeep took it hard, but you know, I was like, I'm fine. It was just like a, a jolt forward. I'm okay. But about a month in, then the shoulder pain started happening. Then the nerve damage started happening. So it made me think about how, okay, when we get in a car accident, typically people will go seek treatment right away. I didn't, I regret it to this day. I'm in treatment constantly now because of it. But in when we're in grief, when we lose someone, when we're bereaving, we don't typically seek treatment for it right away. We're kind of like, just gonna just going to process it because we're not taught to like, it isn't like, okay, you get in a car accident you go see the osteopath, you go to, you know, make sure your body's sorted out and let's throw that in too. We got to do the body work with the grief as well. But imagine if we were taught that, okay, you're grieving, let's immediately go into some sort of whatever it is, whether it's therapy, counseling, or a program like you did, where you're working through the trauma every single week, and seeing how you were able to move through it in such a beautiful way with a whole lot of pain, but a beautiful way versus never moving through it and just it stagnating in your body like a car accident would. Yeah. Wow. You mentioned that about the physicality piece of it, because in 2013, at the end of 2013, I developed something I had never even heard of before, but I had a frozen shoulder in my right shoulder. And I went to a traditional orthopedic surgeon. And they sent me to physical therapy. I would not do, you know, drugs or any of that. And so I went to physical therapy, went back after six weeks. He said, well, you haven't had enough improvement in the range of motion. So we're going to have to do surgery and we're going to have to cut the ligaments in your arm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm not a doctor. However, and this is just me, you know, like trying to make logic out of this but I've had surgery before. And I know that you develop scar tissue after surgery. So my shoulder's already frozen. You're going to cut the ligaments. I'm going to develop scar tissue, which is hard. So I thought, you know what, that is the last resort for me. And so I started looking for holistic methods and I found a therapeutic massage therapist close to me. I found a network chiropractor who I still see to this day, God bless him. Um, I did acupuncture. I did all these things to heal my physical body. I now have full range of motion in that arm. 
damned if a year and a half later, I didn't develop one in my left shoulder. Mm. So again, I went through the entire same protocol that I had done before. I also believe that that helped me after Greg passed away, because I knew the importance of body work and not allowing the, because it's all about what, you know, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders and shouldering the burdens of everybody else around you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. all those things. And so I had that experience again, to help me going forward when Greg went to spirit. And so again, all these things were part of what built that foundation so you do have to look at the the body, the mind, and the spirit when you want to heal. And again, it all comes down to choice, though. I can't force someone. I have had clients who I love them to death, but they want to stay where they are. And I honor that because that, that might be part of their soul contract in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. As hard as that is, I know there are so many of my own loved ones where I'm like, get out of your shit. But then I have to go back to my higher self and say, it's not mine to decide if if they, if that's their life choice, then that's their soul contract. And, um, we, as humans, you know, trying to be as conscious as we can need to honor everybody's soul contracts and their choices, even our loved ones. And that's so hard to watch our loved ones, our clients, our students, and you just want to rip them out of their hole, but you just, you can't. No. Yeah. And that is one of the, one of the gifts of all of this is, is letting go of judgment of other people and of myself Hmm. and honoring someone else's choices. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy not especially when it's someone you love but again if you if you can look at it from the lens of we are all here with a contract an agreement that from a human perspective we don't understand mm. we have no knowledge of what our soul agreed to what it signed up for but just taking the steps in faith and that knowing that it's all leading someplace even if we don't know where yeah i love that Can you give a few places to start for anybody listening that might be either personally experiencing grief or they know someone that's experiencing grief and they want to, you know, help in some way, a few places to start um, really working with the healing process? Yes. Um, It's funny because I created a free PDF about exactly this and I had created before Greg went to spirit, I called him the four pillars of wellness, um, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. After he went to spirit, I realized they're the four pillars to connect to your higher self or loved ones in spirit. And so if you can do something, you know, each week, choose one thing to work on your physical body, to work on your mental body, your emotional body, and your spiritual body. So for example, what I said about myself back in 2017, I stopped eating sugar and drinking alcohol. I cleaned up what I was eating so that I was a clear channel for spirit to receive those messages. Because if you are, if your body is filled with chemicals and no judgment with that, because that was me for most of my life. Me too. We don't know better. And it's what we're taught and it's what yeah. we're bombarded with in the store, on the TV, you know, all of it. Yep. 
But if you can clear out your physical body so that you have a clear mind that will help your mental space, it'll help you know what's yours and what's not yours, both on a mental level and an emotional level. So mental level, okay, are the limiting beliefs that I'm having and the the critical, harsh self-talk that I'm having, is that really me or is that somebody else that I've heard growing up or along the way, or even again from the media or whatever? You have an ability to discern when your physical body is clear. And then all on the same in the same way, you can discern whether it's your emotion or someone else's emotion that you are picking up on. Yeah, that's and huge. Spiritual, you know, meditate, journal. You know, I started a journal right after Greg passed away. I still have this journal. I wish I had dated the first page and I didn't, but I started this journal that first week and reading back through these things. First of all, I read some of this and I'm like, who wrote that? Because- mm didn't come from me. And it's like, darn, that's pretty good, actually. (laughs) So just start writing and journaling, because it's such a good way to get your emotions out. If you keep them stuck inside, which I did for most of my life, which, you know, manifested in the frozen shoulders, um, it's going to manifest in a physical in some physical way. So one example is respiratory problems we hold grief in our lungs. And so if you are dealing with either breast cancer or, or um, respiratory issues, you are holding on to that unprocessed grief. A hundred percent. When my Alma passed, uh, it was right when the whole world went insane in March, 2020, it was March 4th when she passed and I got on a plane and I was supposed to go back to Ontario from BC. And I got from Kelowna to Calgary and the flight was so bad and I was in a tiny little plane and we were so close to the mountains I thought I was going to die and nobody was on the plane because of the world being so weird there was like five of us and I had a full-on panic attack got to Calgary couldn't get on the plane to get to Ontario um, but somehow made it back to Kelowna and got back and I started getting all these respiratory issues and I thought that I got COVID I was like, it was the start. No one knew what was going on, but everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I got COVID. Um, and my lungs were like, I couldn't breathe. I was wheezing. I could barely walk around the house. Uh, and then this went on for about three months. And eventually, you know, I'm hesitant to go to a doctor. So eventually I did go into the walk-in clinic and he checked my lungs and he was like, you know what? there's something in there. It seems like we have some fluid in there. I think you have an infection in your lungs. So to this day, I don't know what, if, if I caught anything or if the grief just did that to me, you know, I I never take antibiotics, but I did for that one because I couldn't breathe for three months, but looking back afterwards, you know, and remembering, because at the time when you're in grief, you don't remember what's going on in your body. But after that, I was like, Oh, the lungs are grief. And I literally couldn't breathe for three months after it happened. And what the reason my, my Alma actually eventually died was because her lungs and her throat filled up so, so much from the tumors that she suffocated essentially. And like, she was just on so much morphine eventually that she, she passed, but she couldn't breathe. Right. Um, And it was just wild to experience my body almost mimicking her experience in my grief organs. 
so when you say that, I'm like, yeah, like we need, when we're in grief, we need to look and check in with our heart, with our arms with, cause another thing that happened was 2020 was my Oma was passing shoulder that that accident happened right then too, which was my shoulders, which was all of this. And I'm like, it's all grief, it's all grief. Yeah. Yeah. So, and wow. Then, you know, I know that a lot of, um, and again, no, no judgment, no shame in any of this, but I know that a lot of people in grief will turn to alcohol or prescription drugs or recreational drugs, whatever. Um, and that's a, just a way of numbing out and avoiding dealing with your emotions. You don't want to, who wants to feel those things? Nobody does. Nobody wants to, but um, another, you know, if you are drinking too much, you obviously could end up with liver issues. Well, we hold anger in our liver. Oh yeah. Yeah. It all like connects. And I mean, that Pisces energy, that 12th house energy, if we think about Pisces and the 12th house, that's where we end. That's where the completion energy, that's a death energy, right? And do we avoid the 12th house in Pisces because it's hard? Absolutely, we do. Um, so not even numbing out just with uh, Netflix, or I mean, sorry, with alcohol and drugs, but also with Netflix and bad food, because all of a sudden we don't want to cook for ourselves, right? Because we're grieving or we don't want to deal with life. So we just turn on the Netflix. We stop moving our bodies. We stop like just th thinking about the, the grief we all experienced through the last three years, how many in the first year stopped moving their bodies? I was one, you know, they, they, my yoga practice was gone all of a sudden because the studio was shut down and this was happening and the world was just too insane that my grief process was I stopped moving. So, so many dots are being connected here of like ways we can work with our body. And if you want, you know what, send me that PDF and I will link it in the show notes for everyone. So everyone can download your brilliance on it's mind, body, spirit, when we're working through these things. And it's important that we find a way to keep working, even in the loss, Absolutely. Like, keep going, take your time, but keep going. <laughs> and speaking of work, work is another coping mechanism, a way of numbing out. Yeah. That's mine. That's my <laughs> flavor. Exactly. And I was going to say, you know, and then you look at my chart and all yeah. the Capricorn energy. And so I had, thanks to you, I have that level of awareness now. And so I catch myself when I work really long hours, even though I love my work and it's like, wait a minute, I haven't taken time and made space for my grief in and I had a lot of respiratory issues last year yeah, and you did. working with you in the past few weeks, I've realized that I wasn't allowing time and space for my grief. And so it's all about awareness. That's, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, circling way back to the beginning, beginning of our conversation, that was where I started on my path after my divorce was, was all about awareness and presence. Mm -hmm. And it just led one thing to another, to another. And, you know, where it will lead from here, I don't know, but I'm, I'm open to the magic of it. And that's something I think is so important for people who have experienced grief is there is still magic in life. I promise you there is. Yeah, I love that. And that's like the perfect message for anyone going through loss is like, it's not over. 
life isn't over and the magic isn't gone forever. I actually was having a conversation, which I need to have a full podcast on about how your Saturn return sucks the life or the fun out of life. And you lost Greg during your Saturn return. He was in his Saturn return mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Saturn return. Everybody knows listening. I love Saturn, but Saturn returns suck the damn fun out of your life because all of a sudden you have to become this whole other person. And with that comes the loss of you, you, as you knew yourself for so long, whether it's your first Saturn return, that's almost 30 years, your second Saturn return, almost 30 years. It's like, you get very attached to that version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. This has been really, really juicy and really good. Can you suggest do you have any books or any like things that you've loved that you've read to suggest for anyone to that really wants to dive deeper into either like the the soul contract or reincarnation that kind of passed beyond the veil stuff or grief books? Uh, the one that comes to mind, and I read a lot of books right after Greg passed away. Um, well, I read parts of books. Let's put it that way. <laughs> in the initial stages, I mean, you can't concentrate, you can't focus. It is horrible, but I don't know, maybe four, six months in, I found a book called It's Okay That You're Not Okay by Megan Devine. And I read that book and I'm like, this is, this is me. And she lost her fiance. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like all the things that she was talking about that you go through physically and the physical aspects of it are just like the concentrate lack of concentration. Like I said, that's, that's a huge one because I'd always love to read. I could stay up and read all night long. Um, but that was an ex- excellent book and I've recommended it to a lot of people. Okay. Amazing. I love that. So anyone listening, you're going to go read that. You're going to go and download Lori's PDF and the podcast as well. So before we pop off, can you share with everyone listening and watching, um, to share about your podcast and about your work and your message. So like I said, I started this journal within days of Greg leaving this life. Didn't know why, didn't know what it was for. And I thought maybe it was for a book. And then about nine months in, all of a sudden I got this hit that it was a podcast. And I thought, oh no, I can't do that. I don't know the technology. I, you know, all the, all the excuses but I figured it out. (laughs) And when I was coming up with a name, I went back through this book, the journal, and I found some notes I had written about healing grief with grace and something, the words grief and grace kept coming up. And so I settled on the name grief with grace. And about three months after the podcast launched in June of 2020, about three months later, all of a sudden it hit me because, you know, sometimes we're just like oblivious to what's right in front of our face. Mm-hmm. The word grief starts with GR and the word grace starts with GR. And my son's name is Greg. And that starts with GR. So clearly that came from him because I could not have come up with that on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, the podcast is called grief with grace and it's almost, you know, it'll be three years old in, in June. And It's my way of inspiring women. I started it for bereaved mothers. And very quickly, within the first four to six months, I was getting emails from women who don't even have children at all, let alone they're not bereaved mothers. But 
It was offering them hope and inspiration on whatever healing journey they're on. Because like I said, I believe we're all on a healing journey of some kind, whether it's this life or a past life. And so I do some solo episodes. I have guests on, you've been on the podcast. People loved your episode on the podcast. But again, it's all off an, a way to offer different healing possibilities and options for people because not everything's going to work for everyone. And so I like to give people a wide range of ideas of things they can try, see what works for them and hope that, um, you know, that they can find meaning in life after great trauma and loss. I love that so much. And I think it's really powerful work because you're helping people rewire um, the way we do grief you know, you're, I mean, you've got your Aquarian signature in you that I think is like, you know, my work is to help people break the freaking matrix and like get out of the system. And I think yours is too, in this realm of we've been taught to grieve a certain way or not even taught how to grieve at all. And you're coming in as this disruptor, that Aquarian signature to help people actually work through grief instead of losing themselves in it so it's very Aquarian and I love it for you because you think that's your work you're doing in this life and it's so potent so okay for everyone listening you're going to go find to grief with grace and you're going to listen to Lori's magical magical work tell them tell everyone listening how they can find you your Instagram or whatever platforms you're on list them off and I will put them in the show notes as well I am on Instagram. Um, I am not a huge fan of social media, so I pop in and off, on and off. Um, It is overwhelming to me. And part of that, I believe, is it's one of the um, symptoms of grief is overwhelm. And so I do the podcast. The podcast is my baby. That's the place. Okay, Um, that's the place. But I also, I have a website, which is just my name, lorilatimer.com. And it has links to my Instagram and to the podcast and, and all the things. Perfect. I actually love that you're not fully like social media focused because I'm always like, I wish I didn't have to be. (laughs) So you're a a light that you don't actually have to be if you don't want to be. So, okay. I'm going to link your website, the podcast, the PDF, and that book in the show notes for everyone. Lori, thank you so much for sharing this with me and my people today. I feel like a lot of people are going to get something uh, very deep that we're not many people are talking about their grief, right? We grieve privately. Absolutely. That's, you know, we have to have conversations about the difficult things and the really hard things. And I will share one last thing because this is something that really motivates and inspires me and is, and I hope it will be helpful for everyone listening. If you can't heal for yourself, do it for your loved ones in spirit. I had an, I had this insight or inspiration or knowing, um, I don't even remember when within the first year when I first started thinking about doing the podcast and and switching my work to helping women, I remember thinking when I take my last breath in this life and I cross over and I see my son again, I want him to look at me and say, oh my God, mom, look what you did. Look what you did to help other people after you went through the worst thing that a mom can go through. Look what you did to help other people. 
That's beautiful. And that way, it's not about me. It is about me. It's about my soul, but it's not about me as a human because like I said, I was so quiet and shy most of my life. My mother's probably laughing. I can't believe her little quiet, shy girl is doing this, but it's bigger than me. Mm. So even if you don't think you have anything to share that you can't get out of the dark hole that you're in, I promise you that you can. And that's the path out is to look outside of yourself at the other people in your life here. And what is your, I want Greg's passing to mean something. I don't want that to be for nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about them and not you and if you can take your focus off yourself it becomes so much easier to follow whatever path your soul wants you to follow I love that I think that's so beautiful and before we hop off I will say because I know you'll be launching it in the next couple months is for anyone listening that wants to start sharing their message and podcasting and working in the realm that Lori's doing, right? You are going to be launching a course on how to actually run a podcast, how to start your podcast. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that real quick before we pop off? Yes, sure. Thank you. Um, It's called Create and Launch Your Soul Inspired Podcast. This is not just, oh, go buy this microphone and use this, (laughs) you know, whatever to edit. No. I dive deep. This is deep work. I pull in pieces of your astrology. This is right now it's one-on-one work. Um, and there's a lot of journaling to get into the soul, your soul, what your soul wants to birth, what your soul wants to express. And there is so much healing in using your voice and sharing your message. And I don't know where I would be right now if I had not started my podcast, because A, I have to show up. Now, I release a podcast episode every other week right now um, because that's what works for me. But I don't know where I would be without that podcast because I do show up and it encourages me and inspires me to reach out to people like you to be on my podcast, to learn about other people and other things and other possibilities. But again, it's not about me. It's about serving other people, inspiring other people, and in doing that, I'm healing myself and I want to share that with other people. So if anyone is interested in creating their own soul inspired podcast, um, I'd love to chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that in mind for anyone who's listening, because that's going to be beautiful, beautiful work to, to do. And I think, I think uh, you're right. This is one of the most healing platforms. Honestly, I just get to get my shit out (laughs) and I get to talk to cool people. It's, I mean, it's like therapy in a way it is. It's totally talk therapy. And I love that. Like even to the point where I'll have guests on even right now and I'll have these insights where I'll be like, oh shit, like there's my trauma or like, there's something I I didn't even realize I was working on. So I I love that 110%. Thank you so much for sharing your energy with me and with everyone listening today. It's been such an honor to have you. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share with everyone. And, you know, I absolutely love you and your work has truly a transformed my life and B helped me heal at a soul level in a way that I was looking for. So Mm -hmm. anyone who is the least bit interested in healing your karmic astrology course is there are no words to describe what it's done for me. And I know it can do for other people too. You will learn more about yourself than you ever possibly wanted to know. You're going to <laughs> the good stuff and the 
the like, ooh, yuck stuff, mm-hmm. but it's all part of who you are. And when you, again, it's about awareness. So yeah. thank you for the work you do. Mm-hmm. And thank you for, um, for the chat today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been such a, such a good ride with you until next time.